Hello, this is Yusra from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 21st of March. According to the Union Health Ministry, India recorded 1549 new COVID-19 cases and 31 deaths in the last 24 hours. The active COVID-19 cases in the country have dropped to 25106 and more than 181 crore vaccine doses have been administered so far under the nationwide vaccination drive that began in January 2021. According to a report in the Times of India, 70% of the teenage population in Delhi between the age bracket of 15 to 17 years are now fully vaccinated. The National Technical Advisory Group on Immunization has recommended a revision of the gap between the two doses of the COVID-19 vaccine Covishield from 12 to 16 weeks to 8 to 16 weeks. PTI reported. The advisory group claims to have made the recommendation on the basis of recent global scientific evidence, but the final decision of acting on this recommendation rests with the government. Scroll reported. This recommendation, however, has only been made for Covishield and not for Bharat Biotech's Covaxin. According to NDTV, Hong Kong city leader Carrie Lam announced on Monday that the city will revoke its existing flight bans and resume international flights from nine countries including the United States and Britain in April. This comes following flight bans imposed by Hong Kong on countries deemed high risk after the emergence of the highly transmissible Omicron variant this January. According to a report in the Hindu The Karnataka government on Monday ruled out the possibility of holding re-examinations for students who skipped them due to the hijab protests. The hijab controversy began in December when a group of Muslim girl students in Udupi's government women's pre-university college were denied entry into classes because of their headscarves. The students protested against this ban and similar demonstrations were held in different parts of the state too. When the Karnataka government passed an order banning clothes that, and I quote, disturb equality, integrity, and public order, unquote, on February 5th, the protesting students moved to High Court against this order. Many students skipped their practical examinations held in February and March in wait for the High Court verdict, hoping that it would be in their favor. However, with the High Court upholding the ban and ruling that, and I quote, hijab is not essential to Islam, unquote. Students began to seek re-examinations. Speaking to the Hindu, Karnataka's Minister for Primary and Secondary Education, B.C. Nagesh, categorically denied any possibility of re-examination. He said, and I quote, "We will not create a precedent by holding re-exams for absentees. They can appear for supplementary exams like everyone else. We are not going to make an exception." Unquote. Earlier last week on 17th March during the zero hour of the state assembly Karnataka law minister JC Madhuswami had said that the government will consider allowing students to appear for retests only if they had missed the examinations held before the high court's interim order the Deccan Herald reported however Madhuswami added that students who missed exams after the court's interim order that came on February 10th will not be allowed to take a retest the hijab case now is set to be heard in the supreme court With Rajya Sabha elections scheduled to be held on the 31st of March, the Aam Aadmi Party today nominated its spokesperson Raghav Chadda and former cricketer Harbhajan Singh for the upper house. Scroll reported. The party's other nominations for the house include IIT Delhi professor Sandeep Pathak, the founder of lovely professional university Ashok Kumar Mittal, and a textile businessman from Ludhiana, Sanjeev Arora. Sandeep Pathak, who works in the Department of Energy Science and Engineering at IIT Delhi and holds a PhD from Cambridge University, was also reportedly the principal strategist for the AAP in Punjab and had designed the party's electoral campaign. 
A total of 13 seats are up for elections in the Rajya Sabha this month. Five from Punjab that will fall vacant on the 9th of April, three from Kerala, two from Assam, and one each from Himachal Pradesh, Nagaland, and Tripura, respectively. ANI reported that following his nomination, Chadha promised to raise issues that concern the people of Punjab and protect their interests in the parliament. Currently, the Aam Aadmi Party has three members in the Rajya Sabha, namely Sanjay Singh, Sushil Kumar Gupta, and N D Gupta. Aam Aadmi Party swept the Punjab elections with a historic mandate this assembly elections, winning an overwhelming majority of 92 out of the 117 constituency seats. Ashwin Kumar at News Laundry did a report mapping the young AAP faces that beat old timers in Punjab and analyzed why. His report is titled "Punjab Chunav Me Wo Chehre Jinhone Diggaj Netaon Ko Di Shikast." We also had reporters Ayush Tiwari and Ashwin Kumar on ground during the Punjab elections. All their reports can be found under the tag Assembly Elections 2022 on our website newslaundry.com. If you like what we do, then support us. Hit that subscribe button on the top right hand corner of the website and pay to keep news free, free from corporate and government interests. In a virtual summit held today with Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison, Prime Minister Narendra Modi spoke about the increasing cooperation between India and Australia in areas of critical minerals, water management and renewable energy. The Indian Express reported. He said, and I quote, Our collaboration reflects a commitment to a free, open and inclusive Indo-Pacific. Early conclusion of talks for comprehensive economic cooperation agreement is the key for economic ties. In our last virtual summit, we had given our relationship the form of a comprehensive strategic partnership. I'm happy we are establishing a mechanism of annual summits between the two countries." Unquote. Prime Minister Narendra Modi also thanked Morrison for the 29 antiquities repatriated to India from Australia that he inspected today. These included those on the themes of Lord Shiva and his disciples, Lord Vishnu, and the Jain tradition. He said, and I quote. I thank you for the initiative to return the Indian antiquities. Antiquities sent by you include hundreds of years old artifacts and photos that were illegally taken out of Rajasthan, West Bengal, Gujarat, Himachal Pradesh and other states. On behalf of all Indians, I thank you. Unquote. The Australian Prime Minister also addressed the ongoing war in Ukraine, demanding Russian accountability, and foregrounded the recent meeting of the leaders of the Quad countries to discuss the Ukraine crisis as an opportunity to discuss its implications and consequences in the Indo-Pacific region. Today's summit followed the first virtual summit of June 4, 2020, when the India-Australia relationship was elevated to a comprehensive strategic partnership. That was India's first ever virtual summit in the middle of the first wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. According to the India Meteorological Department, Cyclone Asani is set to develop in the Bay of Bengal by today evening and move northwards along the Andaman Islands. The Indian Express reported, located 110 kilometers east-northeast of Port Blair and 320 kilometers north-northeast of Car Nicobar, the depression intensified into a deep depression on Monday. The cyclone is predicted to move northwards along and off Andaman Islands towards the Myanmar coast in the next 48 hours. The update forecasts wind speeds to pick up and remain in the range between 65 to 75 kilometers per hour, gusting to 85 kilometers per hour close to the Andaman and Nicobar Islands, beginning today evening until Tuesday. The islands are expected to witness heavy to very heavy rain over North Andaman Islands and moderate rains over the Nicobar Islands on Monday. 
In anticipation of the storm, the deployed National Disaster Response Force are cutting dangerous branches and trees and conducting awareness workshops about preparedness and precautions to be taken during the storm with the locals on the islands. According to Chinese aviation authorities, a China Eastern passenger jet carrying 132 people crashed today in southern China. NDTV reported. The Civil Aviation Administration of China or CAAC in an online announcement confirmed that this flight has crashed, adding that it had activated its emergency response and dispatched a working group to the scene. While the casualties remain unknown at the time of recording this podcast, the plane was carrying 123 passengers and 9 flight crew members, according to the CAAC. The state media reported that the crash led to a fire on a mountain. A villager recounting an eyewitness account to a local news site alleged that the crashed plane had completely fallen apart and the nearby forests had been destroyed by the fire that erupted because of the crash. The airline changed its website to black and white colors on Monday afternoon. According to the NDTV report, the flight tracker Flight Radar 24 showed no more data for flight MU5735 after 2:22 p.m. local time. The data showed that the plane had sharply dropped from an altitude of 29,100 feet to 3,225 feet in the span of three minutes before the flight information stopped getting logged. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe from the din of disinformation and come back for your daily dose tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.